0: Hello everyone! Welcome to uh, the first episode of season four of Star Spangled Eurovision. Woo! Season four, guys.
1: Season four. Uh, season-
0: we we made it this far. It feels like we're a real thing. Yes.
1: <laughs> we have a full spring, summer, winter, and fall. Oh my god!
0: They
2: all take place during the same time of year. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hopefully this is not the fall of our podcast that we will continue doing this for many more years but you just jinxed it max okay well hopefully i didn't (laughs) i hope you guys will stay with me on this journey anyway it is season four we are well into national final season but we already have four songs that are out that we can finally start reviewing so that's really exciting but before we get into that Um, I just want to go over some quick news that we have from the EBU concerning what Eurovision is actually going to look like this year. Uh, So in the fall, you know, the EBU gave us sort of four potential scenarios ranging from sort of Eurovision as normal to what would happen in a full lockdown scenario. And they promised regardless of what the situation is, we are going to have a Eurovision this year. And they still have not decided exactly what it's going to look like, but they have officially eliminated the as normal scenario, <laughs> obviously, because if the world is back to normal by May, I would be very impressed with it. And I doubt that's going to be a thing because we're all still in quarantine and I can't, don't see that changing in the next couple months. But, you know, there's still potential options. They have sort of the normal like kind of social distancing option, which is kind of the next best thing where they still have the event. Uh participants are still coming to Rotterdam. There's still gonna be somewhat of an audience, some side events, some press, uh all in Rotterdam, but you know, they still have a backup for full lockdown, which is everyone kind of performs from their home countries in sort of like a pre-recorded live on tape scenario, um, which we'll get into if that's a thing that they decide. Uh we'll know in a few weeks, hopefully. But then everything else is all sort of virtual and online. So we don't know yet, but we know it's not going to be as normal. Uh, second, on a slightly sadder note, we found out yesterday that the lead singer of AWS, which was Hungary's 2018 Eurovision Act, who we had the unique pleasure of getting to see live in Lisbon a few years ago, Boris Coulsey, has passed away, unfortunately. Um, so that put a little bit of a damper on yesterday's national final uh, extravaganza that we uh, were we were watching, um, but, you know, we just want to take a minute to, you know, say rest in peace to ours. And finally, uh, let's just quickly, I guess, just a reminder of who we have confirmed returning for this year. So current list of officially confirmed returning artists. We have uh, Montaigne from Australia, Vincent Bueno from Austria, uh, Effendi from Azerbaijan, who from Belgium. Victoria from Bulgaria, Benny Christo from the Czech Republic, Tornika Kipiani from Georgia, Stefania from Greece, Davi Okadamanid from Iceland, Lesu Roy from Ireland, uh, Eden Elena from Israel, who we'll be talking about today, Samantha Tina from Latvia, The Root from Lithuania, who are not officially confirmed until they won their way back in just yesterday as of recording, um, and we'll be talking about their song today as well, Destiny from Malta, which we're all obviously very excited about, Natalia Gordienko from Moldova, Vasil from North Macedonia, Alex's favorite, Robson from Romania, Senit from San Marino, who's been giving us the best Eurovision content over the course of the pandemic, Hurricane from Serbia, Anna Skolich from Slovenia, Blas Canto from Spain, John Steers from Switzerland, jean Gu Macroy from the Netherlands, and Goa from Ukraine. And other artists that have been selected already um, that are different from last year. We have Angela Peristeri from Albania, who we'll talk about today, who won Festival Kengis in Albania in December. Cyprus is going to be sending Elena Zagrino. France chose Barbara Pravi uh, to represent them in a national final, and we'll be talking about the day as well. And Germany just announced that their representative is Jendrik. And finally, Armenia, TBD, on whether or not they will be participating. Uh, They have yet to make an announcement, and they said they will um, announce that within the next week or so. Um, But they also said that if they are coming back, uh, that Athena Manukian will represent them once again. So, all very exciting. Still a few national finals out there. You know, not everyone's confirmed just yet, so we will see who gets to go and who doesn't. All right. Now for the meat of our podcast, we have our first four songs from Eurovision 2021. And first up, I guess, as usual, Albania are always the first to choose a song, because Festivali Kangas comes in December. Um, and this year, the winner of Festivali Kangas was Angela Periseri with her song, Karma. Shall we take a listen? Let's get into it.
1: Who do
2: Hey guys, super weird, but I'm pretty sure I own that dress. <laughs> no, um, I mean, it looked great. Like sh- she's absolutely gorgeous. And I thought that the dancing and stuff was great. I was very <laughs> shocked when the dancer showed up, but I think it had to do with the way that the clip was shown. Cause they just kind of peered out of the side and I got like real frazzled by that. Um, but I love that the song like picked up halfway through. And kind of turned into a bop so yeah I'm here for it
1: yeah I mean I think I have to say it's definitely like the Albanian like they definitely have like a template that they don't stray too too far from but it had some upbeat bits it wasn't like a full Balkan ballad like they they made it work like she I think she does have a really great voice actually and like the performance definitely could be elevated a bit more but like for national final was pretty good so
0: a promising start Definitely when the dancers just kind of, like, crawled in from the sides, it looked like they were, like, in full bondage gear, which they weren't. But it kind of, that's the first thing that popped into my head. So I was like, oh, okay, this is getting interesting. Um, I mean, I like the song. It's fine. It's, like you said, Bart, super Albanian. Yeah, I don't, I guess I don't have that much to say about it. Other than, like, it's kind of, like, last year, I think, from the Sky" also kind of a typical Albanian, like, ballad but it seemed a little bit more sort of basic contemporary pop and i think this has more of that that like albanian flair which i think albania does better when they include um maybe just because it's more exotic for european audiences or something but um yeah i mean it's kind of exactly what i expected from albania so i feel like
2: I feel like this is this goes with the template that we've done like every other season too. We're like we're like, yeah, like it's it's fine, like it's good. Like we always have like positive things to say about it. But then come the end, like when we've heard all the songs, we like forget all about Albania existing. And I feel like I see this being a song that I forget
0: exists. <laughs> I fully agree with that. Like it's hard being the first all the time, but then we usually like, Yeah, you know, this is kind of the bar we're setting now and for the rest of the season, we're just like, oh, okay, that is getting lower and lower.
1: <laughs> that's fine. Well, no, the bar is getting higher and higher and higher because we're hearing better songs. Right. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I meant to say.
2: Sometimes it gets worse.
0: Hopefully. Hopefully. Always.
2: <laughs>
0: I don't know. I feel like last year in like the beginning of the season, we're like, what? There's nothing good happening. And then all the good songs came out at the end. So... We'll see. All right. On that note, let us move on to our second entry of the year. Israel is once again sending Eden Elena, and they gave her several songs to record and let the Israeli public choose their favorite. Um, So they ended up choosing a song called Set Me Free, which had the fandom kind of in an uproar because the fandom was very divided between the other two songs that everyone was like, this is our third favorite. But let's see what we think me free.
1: There's a new rule added to like my list of rules for reviews. The original one was always like, don't compare to other national finals songs. And I'm about to break that one. And then the new rule is don't compare to the song from last year, which I won't break yet. But I think I will pretty soon. (laughs) Um, I do have to admit, I did just like La La Love more as a song. And people were like really pressed because they're like, she shouldn't sing about love and affecting the generation because of coronavirus. And I was like, okay, like fuck off. <laughs> like it's really fine. We know what she means. Um, but now that this is selected, I really like it actually. I know that people still aren't thrilled about it, but like I really like the kind of like slow intro and then like pre-chorus and then like the really grooving like verses and the grooving chorus. The key change feels like a little jury baity for me, but like I'll forgive it because I love Eden enough that I think she has star power that I'm like, I'll give you like a kind of not fully deserved diva moment, but like you've earned it through just like sheer force of will. So I don't know. I think that this is definitely like a good bop, definitely going to the final. I would think it would do well. We'll see what's here to come, but I has my mark of approval.
2: That video, like if you guys have a chance to see it, it's like, basically setting the stage for what the staging is kind of going to look like at Eurovision. And I think that that's going to be so much fun. And granted, I've been wrong before where they went for the cube format and it just, some people weren't impressed, even though I thought it was a huge wow factor. Bringing it back. Anyways, um, I thought that this was like a really innovative, cool way. And I think that it's going to leave people like remembering the the stage which is also something important especially with the song that the fandom isn't 100 percent behind i guess
0: yeah i agree i think the if this is the staging concept it definitely looks cool and contemporary and modern i agree with you bart that like i think la la love was sort of my favorite song of the national finals but i think this is actually a better eurovision song for exactly the reasons you mentioned like it's like it's a little more sort of a basic bump, but it has that like jerry and key change that everyone loves. Um, she's got her high note, Eden's just a star in general, so she can do anything she wants. And it's and it's got like the the this kind of Middle Eastern vibe, it's got Hebrew lyrics every like thrown in there, like it's got all of the different elements. She sells it really well. So, I'm I mean, we've only heard a few songs so far, but I'm already predicting, like, left side of scoreboard, if not top 10. Yeah, I think that's just the thing that I have
1: to add, like, especially for the Israeli national, like, national final, quote-unquote, so it's, like, three songs all for Eden. It's just, like, last year, too, like, they put out, I think, four songs last year and three songs this year that are so much better produced than so many other countries that it's, like, We can quibble over which one she sends, but, like, all of them were, like, of such a high caliber that it's, like, really hard for her to go wrong.
2: Yeah, I mean, I haven't heard the other ones, so I'm coming in blind because I didn't want to, like, have a bias towards or against it. So I think that it's definitely high quality, having not heard the
0: others. I like your approach, Alex, because the more I start getting into national finals, the more I'm just, like, resenting the song that actually gets chosen if it's not my favorite. So, yeah, I need to back off of those, even though it's really fun to watch them.
1: Snaps. <laughs> That's why we set the rule, and then we break it, <laughs> <laughs> and then we
0: regret it. <laughs> Every time. Uh, all right. So that was Ethan Olen for Israel with Set Me Free. Let's move on to France, who picked uh, Barbara Pravi with their song Voila in their national final. They had a slightly different format this year, but... Barbara Prevy won both the jury vote and the televote, so very much a deserved winner for, for France. Um, but let's take a listen and see what we think of the song. Ne partez pas, je vous en supplie, restez longtemps, ça me sauvera peut-être pas, mais faire sans vous, je sais pas comment. Aimez-moi, comme on aime un ami, qui s'en va pour toujours que moi je sais pas bien aimer mes contours Voilà, 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 voilà qui je suis Me voilà même si Midanus c'est fini Me voilà dans le bruit et dans la fureur aussi
1: Regardez-moi enfin et mes yeux et mes mains Tout ce que j'ai est ici, c'est ma gueule, c'est mon cri Me voilà
0: So I really enjoyed that, like, quite a bit. I thought it was extremely well sung. obviously. She's got so much emotion. The staging, I thought, was honestly impeccable. Like, this kind of move from these kind of bigger scenes, even though it's just just her kind of this black background and backlit um, with some, some, like, floor LEDs, but then moving from sort of wide-angle shots, these very intimate, like, shots of her face and kind of moving around, like... Almost in tempo to the song, like I just thought it was just really well directed. The song I think is beautiful. I think it's interesting to see France going back to this very sort of traditional French chanson style, which I think will actually do it very well. Do very well for France because like that style I think just has so much sort of cultural cachet globally. Um, that it's just like instantly recognizable as French. You know, it really kind of transports you to sort of you know. Not to say the Eiffel Tower specifically, but it kind of, like, conjures Eiffel Towers in your head, almost. Um, But, yeah, I just – I think it's really excellent. Good good for France.
2: So when I saw the smoke in the background, I kind of half expected to, like, see her have, like, one of those elongated cigarettes in her her hand. I was like, oh, my God, this is so French. But, like, kind of like you were saying, um, in a good way, like, I really – didn't like last year's entry. I just thought it was super boring and I felt like, well, I, not just that, but I thought, I thought that it was like a cheesy kind of France. And I thought that this version and kind of going back to this noirish kind of style just felt more authentic and I liked it a lot more. So I think that there definitely is something to cash in on that.
1: Yeah. I mean, Lord knows, I am always skeptical of a ballad in Eurovision. Um, I do have to say, I mean, it's very French. I mean, her singing and just like stage presence and d- the just overall direction of it is really impeccable. I'd agree with Max on that. I think like that ending is really stirring and like does make it kind of interesting. Um, it like feels very distinctly French, as we've said, but also is kind of like an interesting take on it at the end. I'm not sure how well it'll do. I And, like, I don't know. I feel like I always have a bad read on how the French entries will do. Like, I can see people, like, being like, this is so French, I love it, and it getting, like, a big vote because of that. Or I get people being like, "Oh, this is so French. Like, fuck this. Like, yeah, I feel like it definitely quoi. depends
2: on the other entries, right? Like, yeah. yeah.
1: So I, like... I definitely enjoyed it more than I thought I would originally, um, and I think it's definitely a good song. It doesn't scream like winner to me or anything, but it's definitely a solid entry. Better than last year's for sure.
2: It's like it's it's like high up there right now because we've only heard two, but it only has down to come from here. <laughs> like every other song, and then be like, oh well, like it's better than or like more entertaining than the French, and then all of a sudden the French are in the bottom, and you're like, oh, like it's not that it's a bad song. It's just that. There were like 17 songs that I found more enticing.
1: Yeah. Just generally, if you're bringing a ballad to Eurovision and it's not like, I will always love you, Whitney Houston caliber, like I'm not really going to live for it. <laughs> That's just like <laughs> me, where I'm coming from in my mental state right now. And I'm not going to apologize for it.
0: I mean, I agree with you guys that like, it's, it's very hard to tell how this will do at Eurovision. Like, yeah, like you said, like with France, it can either be like, this is the best thing we've ever seen or just like kind of bottom tier. So I guess, yeah, we have no, like, I, yeah, I have no really good predictions, but I think this it has the potential to do very well. I think better than France has done in several years, at least since Amir, but it also has the potential to flop. All right. Up next, we are going to Lithuania, where the RUP have once again claimed victory in the national final, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. But once again, overwhelming victory, you know, full 12 points from the jury. They won the popular vote by like, they had like 74,000 points and the next second place had like 6,000 votes. So just overwhelming victory support from the lithuanian populace and the jury and they are back with the song discotheque so let's take a listen it's taking over me it's slowly kicking
2: in my eyes are blinking and i don't know what is happening i can not control no one here and I don't care. I feel it's safe to dance alone. dance alone,
0: dance alone, dance alone, dance alone, that's alone, that's alone, dance alone, that's alone, that's alone. Let's disco take right Like a lot because it is the same thing as they sent last year, basically, and I loved it last year too. Polished performance, ridiculously memorable choreography, catchy song. Maybe nothing is quite as iconic as like the moose dance, but almost there. I just think it it's fun, it's extremely memorable. Like I think it'll do well at Eurovision, like very well. That said, Last year we said exactly the same thing when we saw them do on fire and by the time it came around to actually giving points to anything like in our juries or in like all the various like things that were going on around you know Eurovision time no one remembered what this was. So that might still happen. Early hype does not necessarily translate into hype at Eurovision or around Eurovision time but so far I really love it
1: okay so I just don't like it (laughs) like I feel I like I feel like people are gonna come for me now because I know like everyone loves it and we love the group and I don't even know what it is about it like I wasn't the biggest on fire fan but it did kind of grow on me and I respected it and like they clearly are great performers and like I think like he is great and like I I don't know just something about it like the dancing is memorable, but like I've listened to it and then I can't remember what the sound song actually sounds like, like 20 minutes later, like the song just feels really boring to me. And I feel like it doesn't build. It doesn't really go anywhere. Like something about on fire and just like the on fire, just like the visuals and the dancing and the kooky nature of the song, like really blended for me. And in this one, I just feel like there's some nice notes of the song, but the song, like, really bores me. And I don't know if I'm just comparing it too much to last year, which is why I was joking, like, I don't want to compare to last year. Um, And if I'm just, like, it doesn't feel, like, on fire, whenever I feel like I try to remember what this song sounds like, I just start thinking of on fire again and then start, like, mixing the dance break from on fire with this build-up or whatever it is. Um, But, yeah, I really don't get the hype other than, like... We loved the Roop last year, or we want to love them this year. I, like, am really not feeling this.
2: Yeah, I mean, they were in my top, like, in my top listens last year. You know, like, and not all, like, your vision songs made that. Like, I purposefully went out of my way just to listen to On Fire because I thought that was so good, and I was listening to this, and I was just like, this is just, like, not as nice. It's not, it feels very, like, oh, we had to make something real quick to enter Eurovision, like throw together some beats so we can like do our impressive dance moves because yes, they had that and like that's memorable, but the song just didn't feel organic. I felt like it was made like real quick in order to kind of get that drawing effect.
1: Yeah, like I don't want to just leave this on a sad note because like I, I really don't want 2021 to be the year of being like last year's songs was better, but like this is like, and Eden's almost had that for a second, but then I have grown to really, like, set me free. And then this one, I'm just, like, not feeling. And actually kind of reminds me of, I feel like it just has that kind of anticlimactic chorus that you really liked in with Michaela's Chameleon um, from Malta two years ago. And I didn't love initially, and then it grew on me. But for me, the difference is, like, even Chameleon had, like, that really big crescendo in, like, the bridge towards the end. And, like, that's what really sold me on it. And then this one, I feel like it just kind of goes nowhere as a song. Like, it hits that dance break and then keeps coming back to it. But then at the end, I'm kind of like, oh, that was it? Like, yeah. like I never had, like, a really big, like, release moment that I feel like On Fire and kind of other more successful songs have.
2: So what I was going to say is, like, I, yeah, like, I not to compare it to On Fire, but just saying that, like, them as a band, like, they've done it before where I actually, like, really set them apart and their genre and their kookiness was really good. But this is like very unmemorable. Like if I had never heard On Fire before and I just heard Discotech, like I'd be like, OK, like I'm kind of like underwhelmed. Like it's not super impressive, which is just sad knowing that like I think that like they would have actually like I disagree. But like I think they would have gone pretty far last time around. So, yeah, that's kind of how I feel.
0: I mean, I don't disagree with you. I think "On Fire" definitely had a kookiness that Discotech doesn't, just as a song, like without like without the performance, right? But I a lot of that kookiness, to me at least, came from the fact that it was like it had just like really not dumb lyrics, but like the fire desire, like really cliche kind of like bad English kind of thing, which is kind of what made that song for me. Whereas I think Discotech for me is more of a song I would listen to. Um, just sort of like on my Eurovision playlist, whereas I would usually skip on fire, which Alex and I, I guess we're, we're the opposites on that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I prefer, I think I prefer discotheque as like, like a song, but the whole package I prefer on fire, if that makes
1: sense. I just feel like on fire, like sometimes some days I loved it and some days I hated it. Whereas like, but like I had a strong opinion on it and this to me just feels so meh. And just like and then as a package, like they should not have a meh song. <laughs> like it That's just fair. Like, That's absolutely well together. <laughs> yeah.
2: I think I think that our expectation for them was complementary of the experience we had listening to the first song. And it's not to say like, oh, that discotheque is like absolute trash. It's just that when we when we felt like, oh, they're coming back to Eurovision, that we were expecting more and we were expecting like a higher magnitude and something that was gonna captivate us. And this was just underwhelming comparative to expectation which I guess to on some level like isn't fair for them you know because compared to other Lithuanian entries like they are kind of I think like a higher caliber than what we've seen in the past but yeah it's a no from me Doug (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, I, I definitely agree with that. And I think part of why maybe we're underwhelmed by this is the fact that last year it was such like a novelty. Like we were seeing this for the first time. Whereas this year we had all these expectations like, oh, what are they going to come back with? And to me, they came back with essentially the same thing. And so just by definition, you're going to be underwhelmed if you were expecting something bigger. So I, I definitely agree with you guys on that. I still think Discotheque is a slightly better song and one that I can definitely jam out to while listening to it. But that could change over the course of the season, right? Like like I said, last year, I think I came in really loving The Roop and then kind of forgot about them toward the end. So who knows?
2: I mean, maybe it'll flip for us. Like maybe Bart and I will be like, oh, Discotheque is the number one. And you'll be like, oh my God, if I hear that song again, I'm going to burn my ears off.
0: Like, we don't know. Truly... We can never actually predict what we're going to think by the end of the season. And we can never agree. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes this podcast fun. None of us. If we all agree on something, that means it's just like either really good or really bad.
1: I mean, Max is trying to read the root for rhyming fire with desire as cliché, whereas dancing alone in a discotheque has never been fucking done before. <laughs>
0: like never heard that song in my life. <laughs> Fair. Okay, fine. I'll take that. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening and tuning in for our fourth season of Star Spangled Eurovision. Just like in previous seasons, we're going to be releasing episodes every other week until about April, when we're going to start doing every week in the lead up to the contest. Meanwhile, you can follow us on various social media, on Twitter at SSE underscore pod, on Instagram at Star Spangled Eurovision, if you go on YouTube, we have the Euro Fan Home Concerts that we did over the summer. So if you didn't get a chance to see those, uh, definitely check them out. They're awesome. And our friend Andrew is continuing that through his channel. So check that out as well and give him a follow. Yeah. And thank you to everyone who participated in those. That was a really fun, uh, fun initiative. On that note, see you guys in a few weeks when we'll be back with four more songs.
1: Bye, everyone.
2: Bye. Miss you already.